0: Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life.
1: and curse the patriarchy.
0: We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating.
1: Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about women's magazines and serious journalism degrees, two things that, like oil and water, can never mix. That's just it's just a fact. It's
0: the final week of our Summer Love in series and while we are truly so sad that it's coming to a close, we are overjoyed to be having our final summer fling with a truly iconic early aughts rom-com, How to Lose a Guy in
1: 10 Days. Ugh, low-rise jeans, frizzy blowouts, women's magazines making tons of advertising cash instead of like slowly sinking into the sea. We just we love to see it here to recap and discuss this Kate Hudson Matthew McConaughey romance is the amazing Becca Freeman, co-host of the Bat on Paper podcast and the co-creator of the RomCom Pods podcast. Becca, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I can't imagine a better way to spend a Monday morning than recapping an early aughts romcom. Oh, we same. obviously
0: agree. <laughs> um, before we dive into this very important topic. We do want to remind everyone that we are hosting a live show with Moment House on Sunday,
1: July 10th, a live digital show. Yes, with Rachel and Gabby's Two Bachelorette season on the horizon, we are looking back at the first ever Two Bachelorette season, Caitlin and Britt's Only One Can Stay mess of a season. We're recapping the premiere of that season live from our couch and oh my god there is so much to say you can find tickets for the show at momenthouse.com slash love to see it
0: also we're going to be using the tipping function on moment house during the show to raise money for the bridget alliance which is an incredible organization which funds travel and board for people who need abortion care and need to travel for it which obviously is uh particularly necessary right now. Um, We just wanna say quickly that it's been an incredibly, incredibly devastating last few days. Um, We are feeling really drained and exhausted and sort of in mourning, um, and also trying to find ways to take action and and organize. But we do hope that today's episode can bring you guys a little bit of levity because we assume a lot of the people listening are kind of feeling that heaviness that we've been feeling.
1: Yeah, Emma and I, I'm sure most of you listening are feeling very tired and defeated right now, but um, the work uh, continues and it's more important than ever. So we're trying to stay focused on that right now. Um, And also on, of course, the topic of our podcast today, which is how to lose a guy in 10 days. Which I was really struggling every time I tried to reference it to Emma, I would be like, 10 things I hate about you. Why did they all have 10 in the name? It really has a similar cadence. Yeah. It's like, why 10? Well, 5 isn't long enough when we go to press in 11. So that's why it has to be <laughs> 10. <sighs> all right. So let's dive in. I want to start by asking you, Becca, and then we'll all we'll all share. When did you first see this movie?
2: I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. So it came out Ooh. January of 2003, which would make me a junior in high school. And going to the movies was one of the like only things to do in my small town. And so I we were like very avid moviegoers. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters. and Then I'm pretty sure I owned the DVD. Oh, so
1: you're an enthusiast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely saw it in high school. I'm not sure if I saw it in theaters, but I know I saw it in high school, um, which I graduated in 2006, so within the first few years of it coming out, because then I wrote a paper for my film class comparing and contrasting it with When Harry Met Sally, and I don't want to tell you which movie I said was better, but I think you can guess. (laughs) <laughs> um, oh my God, I need to <laughs> read this paper. Can you make this public? Should I think a send pretty it central, out in our newsletter. I think the primary thrust of it was like when Harry met Sally is about something that would really happen. And Ten Things I Hate About You is about something or there I go again. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is about something that would never happen. It's just not realistic, and so it's a bad rom-com. <laughs> I will say my views on this have evolved over the years, but I think I still understood which movie was better, correct? Yeah, that, that is that is good to,
0: good to hear. Um, I also definitely saw this movie in high school. I would have been, I think, a, a sophomore in high school when this came out, so I must have either seen it in theaters or, like, at a sleepover or something. I also... Going to the movies with friends was one of my, like, main independent little teenage activities, Becca, so I very much relate to that. That's the suburbs, baby. Um, And, yeah, I just remember being, like, super charmed by both Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I feel like this rom-com has had staying power, though. Like, I definitely have seen it through the years, too. Like, it's not one of those ones where you're like, yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters 20 years ago, but I haven't seen it since. Like, I I feel like I watch it every three years or so.
0: I feel like it's on TV also a lot. Like, the movie we did last week was Summer Cat, which I – had seen in theaters in August 2001 and certainly had not seen again <laughs> you until like a week ago. To this. <laughs> And this is different.
1: Yeah. I definitely had at some point a two-box set like from Best Buy or something of two paired rom-coms that I bought I because those. one of the movies was <laughs> How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So I have, have had the opportunity to re-watch it many times over the years. When I rewatched it this weekend, I was like, oh, this just feels like I'm putting on my favorite old t-shirt. Like, every twist of this is so comfortable to me. Uh, when did you last re-watch it, Becca? And, and did you feel like it, how long had it been maybe since the last time? Or have you been watching it pretty consistently?
2: It was definitely a few years ago because I definitely watched it this weekend with a fair amount of trepidation that (laughs) I was like, is this going to be incredibly misogynistic? And am I going to have to, you know, come on this podcast and talk about how terrible this movie is? And like, it has its problems, but overall (laughs) was entertained all the way through, didn't throw anything at the screen. Yeah.
1: It's a very well executed rom com of its moment, and of its type. Yes.
2: The ideas
1: contained in it about womanhood and sure. manhood and feminism are dated to, <laughs> to a very specific that moment is in time. extremely generous, Claire. <laughs> 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 but, like, it's well done, um, so it's easier to, like, uh, to float with that, for sure. I enjoyed my rewatch this week tremendously. Same. <laughs> while also noticing a lot of stuff that I did not watch when I was not taking extensive notes. Um, so it was complex, uh, but let's let's get into to the plot um, because there's a lot to cover. It's a very complicated, twisty plot, sort of like a heist movie, a lot going on. Our heroine is Andy Anderson, played, of course, by Kate Hudson, the it girl of 2003. She is the how-to girl at the fastest growing women's magazine in the country, Composure Magazine. Um, obviously, this is Cosmo. I think that's pretty (laughs) clear. It is very clearly a comp for Cosmo. (laughs) And contrary to what Andy wants, that job does not mean that she gets to write brilliant 500-word essays on topics like how to bring lasting peace to Tajikistan, even though she busted her (laughs) butt in grad school learning how to bring peace to Tajikistan. It means how to do stupid girl stuff. Like, dressing for your body type and using pickup lines and getting out of driving tickets. So, strong start. Um, From the beginning, you really understand that Andy Anderson is not like other girls, I would say. She likes basketball. Yeah. If you can even believe it. I struggle with that. She doesn't look like she likes basketball. (laughs)
2: She's not a regular girl. She's a cool girl.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to write about things that
0: matter, that are serious, like politics and foreign affairs and the environment.
1: Yeah. She's things allegedly she's interested.
0: interested in. Allegedly interested in these things. Yeah.
1: I like that like they never actually show us that she's interested in any of those things, except for this article about how to bring lasting peace to Tajikistan, which based on the conclusion that we see is I don't think is gonna be the final. <laughs> the, the the best possible solution for, you know, I don't think that it's really gonna rock the diplomatic community, let's say. But aside from that, the only way that we know that she cares about other stuff is that she likes sports. And I feel like that's kind of like a signifier that she's into guy stuff. And guy stuff includes
0: world affairs and all politics. As we know, women, yeah. famously... Not impacted by politics, nor, nor do they, they care about it.
1: <sighs> so, Andy Anderson is, is bemoaning her fate as the how-to girl when her mood is tr- turned around by the fact that th- her tickets have arrived to the NBA Finals. The New York Knickerbockers are in the NBA Finals, if you can believe it. And she is going. Unfortunately... Things are not going so well for Andy's work friend, Michelle. Michelle just got dumped again. And I think we all know why. It's because she's too girly. And that's a big problem for men. Uh, so Andy and her friend, her, their, their other friend, have to dash over to Michelle's apartment to drag her out of bed in time for the staff meeting. I was like, I'm sorry. You cannot get
0: across town to someone's apartment in New York City and be, like, staff meeting in 15 minutes. And she's just, like, (laughs) sitting in bed crying for another five minutes. I'm like, do you not understand how subway delays work or, like, taxis and traffic?
1: This is the heyday of women's magazines. They all get paid enough money to live in, like, glamorous penthouses next door to the (laughs) (laughs) Hearst Yeah, exactly.
2: I will give credit, though, that... Michelle, Catherine Hahn, lives in a studio that is, like, very excessively wallpapered. Like, it feels like a realistic apartment that one might live in. It isn't massive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like we are in the pre-the era where it started to feel like everything was just filmed in a perfect, gleaming, modern space. It feels lived in. It feels a little cluttered. I do think it's also supposed to signify that she's just, like, oppressively feminine because it is floral wallpaper, floral bedspread, floral throw pillows. She is in a nightgown that I think would be very trendy right now because it is sort of Victorian grandmother. But in the early aughts, she should have been wearing something a little bit more skimpy and lacy, I think. It really is just, like, you come in on this explosion of floral prints and lace, and Catherine Hahn is in the middle of it with her little sad face poking out, and
2: just too girly to keep a man. And the way that Kate Hudson coaxes her out of bed is with an ugly lime green cardigan. (laughs) Yeah. And Catherine (laughs) Hahn's reaction is, is it cashmere? And, like, that'll get me out of bed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, couldn't you bring a more flattering sample? I will say Catherine Hahn, in my opinion, looks great in anything. She looked great in the nightgown. She looks great in the cardigan. She does. She also has that, like, <laughs>
0: auburn-y hair color that was so of the moment in 2003 and that I, like, desperately wanted and would try to, like, henna red over my dark brown hair to achieve. <laughs> Um, so Catherine Hahn is aspirational to me. I love her.
1: And we all know if you have auburn hair, any shade of green looks good on you. That, that does feel like something (laughs) that I learned from a women's magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so she is in a state because she told a guy she loved him after two days and she cried after they had sex. And so obviously he had to dump her and, To cover for her fragile state at the staff meeting, Andy ends up volunteering to write a how-to article based on Michelle's man-repelling behaviors. It will be an ironic how-to piece called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And their elegant boss Lana is like, I love that. Yes. What not to do? It's so edgy. It's so different. She's like, I'm going to be everything guys hate. I'm going to be clingy. I'm going to be needy. I'm going to be touchy feely. Her her work friend is like, Yeah, call him in the middle of the night and tell him everything you had to eat that day. Is this a thing that women allegedly do? A lot of this movie is just depictions of behavior that feel that feels like I was told women acted like this in the early aughts, but I've never actually experienced seen, seen it. any evidence that this is true.
2: Well, I feel like this movie, like the world that this movie is based on, there's a handshake agreement between the film and the audience that women are baseline crazy. And yeah, yeah. We're all like, yeah, we accept this. Like, women are nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, except for Andy, obviously, because she, she likes the, the Knicks. She's a guy in a in a woman's hot body. Exactly. But yeah, the normal female behaviors are unhinged. Right. Right. But when you dig down a little bit, also I'm like, all these things, things that guys hate are like women having needs, women wanting to be paid attention to, women wanting to touch them, other parts of them besides their penis. <laughs> um and also, like, women revealing the emotional toll of the constant self-deprivation that they're undergoing in order to, like, be skinny and look hot for men. It's like, no, all of that work to be, like, the perfect woman for me, if you reveal any of that work, you're no longer desirable either. Yeah, then you're just, like, a crazy harpy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I think at, at one point, Catherine Hahn even says to, I can't remember anyone's name, I'm just calling them all by the, yeah. the actress's <laughs> name, um, says to Kate Hudson, like, you're <laughs> so hot that you can be crazy.
0: Wait. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the That's entire the actual thesis of the movie is Kate Hudson being like, how crazy can I be and also be this hot?
1: Yeah.
2: And not get called. Exactly. It. And not get called. Takes, it takes more than one might expect.
1: It's supposed to be undercut by the idea that the actual reason that he sticks around is because she's a bet. She's a fucking bet. But I do think that it's it's also supposed to be realistic on some level that, that a guy could put up with this just to be near a Kate Hudson. And, like, she ends up having this whole argument with Michelle about it that Michelle's like oh, like, you don't understand. You're just so beautiful. And like men will men won't dump you no matter what. And Andy's basically like, no, listen, honey, it's just your personality. That's bad. (laughs) It's fine. Like, are you as hot as me? No. But what's really the problem is that your personality is like way worse than my personality. And that's fixable, right? Like we can work with that. We can change your personality so that you can find a man.
2: Oh, God, with friends like these. I know.
1: <laughs> this scene I found so really hashtag difficult to watch. <laughs> women supporting women. We love to see it. Um, but to start, Andy has to meet a guy to lose. And so they get hot in their little slinky dresses and heels and they head to the bar. But here's where things get sticky. Because meanwhile, advertising executive Benjamin Barry... Not button. I had a little issue with that. Benjamin Barry, played by Matthew McConaughey, has been taking a break from sexually harassing his hot female colleagues in order to demand that he be awarded a high end jewelry account over them. He alone understands <laughs> women.
0: So, won't these women trying to steal his glory simply move out of the way so that a good yeah. man can get his chance? White. Straight men in advertising have a very hard time advancing, as Mm -hmm. we all know.
1: Because accounts are always just being given to To women. women. yeah. Yeah. Um, But his boss is convinced that Benjamin is more of a sports and beer type of guy. He's a playboy. He never spends two nights with the same woman. Does he really understand what it means to give a diamond to a woman? And if not, how can he advertise them? So he needs to convince his boss that he gets luxury, he gets romance, that he can get a woman to fall in love with him instead of just hooking up. (laughs) There's an amazing conversation where his female colleagues are just saying the most like essentialist things about what women want. Like a woman in love wants chocolate. I'm like, oh yes, when I'm in love. In lust. I desperately, oh yes, a woman in lust wants chocolate. When I'm in lust, I desperately want chocolate. But when I'm no longer in lust, that goes away and I cease to want chocolate. (laughs) A woman in love wants diamonds, which I honestly I think you want a diamond whenever it's worth a lot and you can always resell it. Also, like, yeah, I have to be in love to enjoy nice jewelry that doesn't track. That is the central conflict of Ben's advertising plotline is like, do you need to be a woman in love to want a diamond, or can you just be a badass independent lady who's gonna buy herself some sweet diamond yeah. accessories? Who's the real feminist here? Matthew McConaughey.
2: I agree. Yes, the real feminist who refers to his female colleagues as lips and hips. Yeah, he's a charmer. It's absolutely
1: disgusting. Seriously, the first time we see him interact with a coworker, it's him being like, hey, ladies, want to bang? Like, it's, <laughs> I paraphrase, but like, that's basically it. He's like, time for us to like, have sex maybe? Nope. All right. I'll have your account instead. And then we just see him like,
0: changing in his office as he talks about the pitch, as like, all the women left in the office are like, ogling him. Through the the glass body. Yeah, the glass door. And I just have to say, blatant fucking ripoff, but worse, of Working Girl.
2: Mm. Harrison
0: Ford pulls off this scene so much better. (laughs) And it's also like much less weird and creepy.
1: It's called Biting from History in order to, (laughs) you know, to reimagine the genre. Um, so they also are at the bar the same bar that Andy's at on the Prowl. The two uh, female executives, the Judys, they're both named Judy. They see Andy. They have actually been told about her new article by the editor-in-chief of Composure because they were meeting with Composure about some diamond advertisements that day. And they recognize her. And they're like, Huh we could really do something interesting here. And they offer Ben a deal. If you can convince one woman to fall in love with you in 10 days, you deserve the account. That woman, that woman over there, she's hot. You're welcome. But they know that Andy is on a mission to do the exact opposite. Those and his boss is like, this is ladies. a great idea. This is a great idea. Just convince a human woman to develop a strong emotional attachment to you purely for your own professional gain. That's something that I, as an executive <laughs> and a responsible adult, think is an excellent idea. And also proof
0: that you are the right one to take on this major advertising campaign.
2: Yeah. We need the biggest gaslighter we have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: No one, no one is more adept at buying and using diamonds than like a really, really serious gaslighter of women, right? Um, there, <laughs> in retrospect, like at the time, I was just like, "What is going on?" Like when I first watched this movie, like there, she's making a bed and like she's writing an article, and now I look at it and I'm like, "This is advanced. This is a two way fake relationship. Neither of them knows." that they're being duped.
0: And that is is the part of it that's fun, (laughs) right? You get these, like, opposing forces and both characters get to play with that tension. And, like, that's the part of it, I think, that actually works, even though the setup is completely absurd and nonsensical.
2: Well, it would be so disgusting if he was just, had the bet about her and was treating her poorly, but because she's doing the same thing, like I feel like we can roll with it because they're both being <laughs> the right. exact same kind of assholes to exactly. Each
0: other. It's like equal opportunity yeah. assholery.
2: Right.
1: It's funny because it's true, it would be disgusting, but at the same time, there are a number of rom coms in which that is the case. Where it's just like the guy is trying to trick the woman in order to win some prize from his bros. And we find a way to still want them to kiss at the end after she finds out that she's a bet. But there is a beautiful, like, a beautiful sort of egalitarianism in saying, like, she's she's also morally depraved and (laughs) they deserve each other.
2: I wonder, like, I wish I could access how I felt about this in high school with the workplace dynamics if I was just, like, yeah, this tracks. This seems right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think it like literally didn't even register to me. I was just
1: like, yeah, he deserve. he said he deserves it. So, yeah, he's going to get that account by yeah. convincing a, an actual woman to be in love with him. I I think it yeah, I definitely didn't understand how inappropriate any of it was. I think that I just found it highly implausible the coincidence that they would both be engaged in diametrically opposite professional quests around dating at the same time. And that I was really bothered by. (laughs) This would not, this is not documentary style. Whereas in When Harry Met Sally, they form a natural friendship over the course of many years. Um, So he heads over to pick up Andy and this incredible pickup conversation occurs. (laughs) Emma, would you like to take the part of Andy Anderson? Yes. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi.
0: Andy Anderson. Benjamin Barry. Cute. Thank you. I meant your name. <sighs> Thank you two times. Unattached. Currently.
1: Likewise. Surprising. Psycho. Rarely. Interested. Perhaps. Hungry. Starving. Leaving. Now.
0: Mm
2: hmm.
1: Okay. Incredible. The efficiency with which hot people can pick each other up. Oh, yeah. Like, they exchange, like, 14 words.
2: When you have abs like Matthew McConaughey, you don't (laughs) need to say much.
1: Right. He's just like, Do you
2: know what I'm packing underneath
0: this button down? If we leave now, you may gain access.
1: When I saw... All of the gratuitous shirtless shots of him. To be honest, I was just like, I, I, I'm glad that that is not the rom com standard anymore. I'm like, bring on the dad bod. Like, it's just too much. It's like, it's it's a little bit too much rippling for me. But it's working. It's working for Ben. The women are all falling at his feet. He takes Andy out for crab, and then they go home together. And almost took up.
2: This was the the part I got so nervous about because (laughs) I feel like consent is really dicey in 90s and early 00s movies where it's just I'm so much of a man that I know what you want and I'm going to overpower you. And there's this moment where she says, no, it's moving too fast. And then she goes back and makes out with him some more anyway. And then she's like, "No, it's too fast." And I was like, "Oh, is he going to take her at her word, or are they still going to hook up right now?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I can I can roll with this movie because he he didn't steamroll her in that moment." But I was like really uncomfortable for a second.
1: That's a really good point. And what's also interesting about it is that this is supposed to be him on his like best relationship creating behavior. So you can definitely imagine a world in which. He thought he was getting some, and that's all he wants from this woman. And so his reaction is different, right? right? He's meant to be
0: almost performing, like, gentlemanly behavior, where he's like, I respect you. And it's so exaggerated that the (laughs) subject is like, he does not
2: respect her at all. Well, wait, his first instinct before he corrects himself, like, she goes to the bathroom when they get home, and his first instinct for how to seduce her is with... It's getting hot in here by Nelly. Yes, and a bud yes. heavy. Yes, that is my God.
0: I noted that. I was like,
1: I don't hmm, listen. This is a choice. Here's the thing, <laughs> I I kind of love it because to me this says that when he takes a woman home for sex, he is not pretending that it's about anything else. He's like. We're going to get hot in here and take off all our clothes. Like, I'm not going to seduce you with some sort of romantic love song. Like, this is about taking clothes off. (laughs) And then it's hard for him, now that he's actually trying to do romance, to think of another song to put on. But he gets there. He's a fast learner. That's, That's what we all love and admire about Ben Barry. And... This scene is like he's performing ma- like gentlemanly behavior, right? But Andy's also performing ladylike behavior. Like we're supposed to see that they're both like sort of being—he's t- pretending to be chivalrous. She's being a rules girl, which clearly is not the thing that she naturally does. She's being like, "Oh no, I don't. I don't hook up on the first date because I want you to respect me. Like I want you to take this seriously." But they really are just denying their true urges. <laughs> And that is a (laughs) a troubling undertone. Um, But she eventually pulls herself away, leaving behind her purse, which is shaped like a tiny black satin tote bag. (laughs) The accessories are excellent. And that purse contains the next tickets. Yeah, that's
0: right. I thought this was a very risky move.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm like,
0: okay, so this man's just going to, like, steal your purse and your Knicks tickets, which, like, you really want to go to that game. Right. Like, he has them now. I like guess she's what just, She's, like, a that you really, really dedicated journalist. She's like, I will risk my NBA Finals tickets in order yes. to do surface journalism.
2: Well, they're both so cocky. I feel like she she has no doubt in her mind… That he's going to call her. Because he's going to discover that she's not just hot. She's cool.
1: Right. Yeah. She's like, this is my seductive move is to be like, I like sports. So. And you haven't had sex with me yet. Like, what a great combination. (laughs) I'm a woman you haven't had sex with yet. And I like sports. It's a match made in heaven. So he sends over, of course, 100 roses. And she's like, "Mm, he found the Knicks tickets. Demands to be her date to the game. Also, they're, yeah,
2: they're white roses, which are a little funerally. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's a bizarre I think choice.
1: They technically do refer to like love, your dead love or something <laughs> like your love that has died. <laughs> um, I think pink roses would be would be a good move for a for a for a first date level of romance. Just a little tip for you guys out there, and. They set a range to go to the Knicks game together, even though she had already asked her friend, but that's okay because other women other than Andy don't actually like sports, so she is able to take Ben to the game instead. And they both feel as if they have masterfully seduced each other by the end of this conversation. And it's now time for Andy to start putting the screws on. After they've enjoyed a rollicking good time through most of this game, with a minute left and the score extremely tight, she sends Ben to get her a soda. And when he gets back with it, she's like, Ben, it's not diet. There are like five seconds left. It's not diet, Ben. And he is so determined to win her over that he misses the end of this game to get her a diet soda and soon she's going to greater and greater lengths to push him away she's pretending she doesn't even care about sports she's like i want to get vegetarian food instead of watching this game and you know what vegetarian food means
0: you're a real girly pussy yeah
1: this was like this was 2003 getting vegetarian food they're like look they're clearly at a vegetarian restaurant Everyone there is clearly buddhist like this is this is not yeah. trendy yet no 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 there like were not bowls just of like tofu
0: and rice tr- yeah, yeah there were not just like trendy delicious vegan restaurants everywhere and like everyone was putting oat milk in their in their lattes this was exactly a, this was a different time this was a time when men ate bloody meat as the lord intended exactly
2: to give She's him some like, credit, sick. like, the lamb he made did look it delicious. It looked really good. It looked
0: really good. And th- the steamed vegetables <laughs> on bowls of
1: rice didn't look great. I'm just going to say also, vegetarian food is allowed to have seasoning. It is. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I I make a tofu and rice that I think is delicious. Um, but what I love also is the idea that Ben has, like, Basically, the male version of engagement chicken, it's like his deal-closing lamb, and it's like, he never sees anyone for more than one night. Like, why does he need to have a perfect (laughs) lamb dish to seduce them with? That's a lot of work to put in for a a one-night stand. This
0: man just likes to have all the proper tools in his arsenal. That's just the kind of quality guy he
1: is. Yeah, he's ready when it needs to happen. She makes them go to a chick flick marathon, but like, oops, he likes chick flicks. Wait, and so
0: <laughs> Also, can we talk about the fact that it's literally like chick flick chick marathon, flick marathon. <laughs> on the front of the theater?
1: Like, <laughs> like they didn't even try. They were just like, no, no, no. Just call it what it is. It was like, men, be ashamed yeah. to come in here. Unfortunately, he loves chick flicks, and so she has to pivot by talking through the movies instead to annoy him. And then starting a fight with a... with a very strong-looking man in the row behind them who ends up telling him that he needs to, quote, put a muzzle on his old lady. Charming. Which is charming. And uh, Ben has to fight this guy um, because of chivalry. And and he gets punched. He's really going through it for Andy. She's bringing him girly things for his apartment. She brings him a love fern that has to be nurtured and kept alive, like their relationship.
0: I think the love fern is potentially the most iconic
1: character in this film. Oh, yeah. By the end of this, I was like, I genuinely, what what I would love is like a t-shirt with like a little embroidered fern that says love fern. Like, I want that merch. Oh, that's a good idea. That's good merch, right? I would buy that. (laughs) She brings, like, latch-hooked pink, like, covers for the toilet, which that is a bathroom styling option that I hope never comes back. (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. I know. I was like, okay, this is, like, quote-unquote girly, but it's also just, like, an aesthetic nightmare. She's like, you can't possibly like feminine things and have good taste.
1: It's also like no one actually starts decorating their boyfriend's apartment after three days. Um, she's just going all out to make it happen as quickly as possible, right? She's, she's like, like, there's suddenly there's pink stuff days, everywhere. I need to lose a guy in three days.
0: But <sighs> That's ben the thing. I was persevere. like, what if you lost
1: him too fast? What if you lost him after like two days? What's the rest of the article? Like to me, that's the big thing. Like you have the headline, how to lose a guy in 10 days. What if he dumps you after like 48 hours? Now what? Your article because is like, days three to ten, celebrate, you don't have a man anymore.
2: <laughs> and he's really not concerned at this point either. He he is like, uh, you know, he's a little annoyed that he had to miss, miss a couple of Knicks games. But he isn't wise to the fact that this behavior is so over the top that right. she must have her own scam going. Right, he's right. like,
0: this is definitely totally within the realm of possibility that just a random woman I meet might make herself a copy of my apartment key after three days, come in, redecorate my entire apartment, um, and place stuffed animals strategically on like every surface. Yeah, he's
1: like, that's just exactly what a crazy broad does make an album of composite images of our babies and call my mom behind my back to tell her about them. Like, that's just, he has this baseline belief that's, like, women are too toxic and unstable to be around. So, of course, now that I have to be around one for 10 days, she's acting toxic and unstable. That's why I don't date, like, obviously. <laughs> This is vindicating his whole worldview. She tries to name his penis Princess Sophie during a hookup. And at this point, he's like, no, you can't name a member something feminine. It has to be named something masculine like Spike or Butch or Crow, the Warrior King. (laughs) And then he's so emasculated by this whole conversation that he can't... He can't move forward with the sexual He's encounter. like, if only
0: you had called my penis Spike, we yeah. would be in business.
2: You know what's kind of wild? Is at this point, we have not seen anything that really indicates that either of them have real feelings for each other. But they're both willing to have sex with each other for this, like, work challenge. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, sure. Sex with this stranger that I am conning for work. actively
2: <laughs> and none of them really That's seem true. to question the morality around that either because they don't know the other person is doing this as a bet
1: right no it's taking the she's all that thing and really dialing it up to a whole new level like yeah you're a bet and yeah we're gonna sleep together and yeah you're gonna think that we're getting married but it is just a bet like it's it's deranged, like it's completely a moral behavior. um, I think that like I almost wonder if she was using this strategic moment um, to avoid to avoid it, yeah, yeah, I, it's that, like, oh, it looks like it how... might happen, um. Oh, can I call your penis Princess Sophie? Oh, you don't feel like having sex
2: anymore? That's wild. <laughs> it's so weird. And meanwhile, Lana, the boss, is like, love your notes. Love that you're like yeah, this Don't is feel great. lost. Yeah, BB Newark whatsoever. is like,
0: wait a girl boss, you're way to the top, Andy. You're going to make this column a must-read.
1: Yeah. And here's the here's the thing. I actually think that Andy's mission is less amoral than Ben's. Agree. Because the whole point is that by the end, he doesn't want to see her anymore anyway. So, like, they're both going to be happy with the outcome in the end. His is more like, make a woman want to marry you, and then be like, bye. (laughs) In order to take a job opportunity from other women. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is what feminism has wrought now. Because of women (laughs) in the workplace... Other women have to suffer so that men can still have everything. So after all of this, he's, he's struggling a little bit, but he's like, yeah, this is just what it means to have a girlfriend. It's all going to be worth it. Time to focus on what I'm going to do with this account when I get it. There's an incredible scene of him trying to crack the campaign for diamonds. He has, I'm going to say... Two employees whose sole job, as far as I can tell, is just to look up synonyms for ICE in the thesaurus for him. And like, ask that's what him they about his
0: progress with the one right. he's
1: attempting to con. They're exactly. like his
0: hype men. That's their whole job. These men are be paying, being paid full salaries just to be like, Ben, yes, you're a god. Go get that campaign. You deserve it.
1: Yeah, and when you get it, I will read you every synonym for frigid in the thesaurus until you find the one that you're going to put on a billboard. He can't think of the right word to use until Andy shows up with a tiny dog. She got for them named after his penis, (laughs) curl, the warrior King. And is like, yeah, this little rhinestone collar on curl, the warrior King, that's just a little frosting. And Ben is like, I got it. That's the campaign Ladies, Ladies of New York, frost yourselves. And what do you know? The women don't like it, but the men really like this campaign. And since it is a campaign geared at getting women to buy diamonds, that's all that matters. Is whether also, the men again, think it's a good this idea. This man literally stealing creative labor from his, right. the writer that he is dating. Yeah, it's not a good look. He's like, I deserve this account because I have a great idea for the campaign that I got from the woman that I'm tricking <laughs> in order to get this account. And then Kroll peas on his in-office billiard table, which, good. Why does he have an in-office in-off <laughs> billiard table for when he's not at home to use his in-home billiard table, Claire? Right. I, I hope it's very expensive to fix. Um. But Andy finally manages to do something inappropriate enough that they do break up. She interrupts his guys' night with the with with all of his buddies playing poker, and causes a huge scene about how yes, he let their love for him die. Is he gonna let their love die then? Is he gonna let their love die too? <laughs> And somewhere in between her force feeding cucumber sandwiches to all his friends and crying about their love fern, Ben is like, you know what? This isn't fucking worth it. You know, maybe I will just not get this diamond account after all. And he breaks up with her. And then he realizes, no, I do need the diamond account because two hype men
0: are here. I was gonna say his hype men colleagues are, of course, at poker night there to keep him back on track. They're like get that cigar back in your mouth and go get the girl. Yeah,
1: they're like, I always do couples therapy when my wife tries to divorce me, and it totally works. You should do couples therapy too to keep this woman tethered to you until you get what you want. And Andy agrees. She's like, I will keep working on this article. Because she's an ethical journalist, you know, and she's like, I this isn't real, I didn't really lose this guy because he's begging me for another chance. And so I have to keep going until I definitely have turned him off. And so she hires Michelle, Catherine Hahn, to be their couples therapist. And after a disastrous couples therapy session, Michelle convinces Andy and Ben to meet Ben's family. Andy is gonna go home to wait for it. Where is Ben from? He is from Staten Island. As you would never you guess it from because he has a very
2: that's... thick Texas accent. Guys, I would like to defend. <laughs> I would like to defend the story here that he does slip in that his father was in the Navy and that they got um, they got like located there through the Navy. I don't know what the Navy presence is like on Staten Island, but his mom <laughs> also has a Southern accent, and I feel like they were trying to make it believable that they were transplants as opposed to making Matthew McConaughey do any other accent, which maybe he can't do. Yeah.
1: They were like, we can't make Matthew McConaughey have a Staten Island accent. That's just, that's not the point of him either. Like, who wants Matthew McConaughey but with the Staten Island accent? Like, the Texan accent is central to his appeal. But we don't want her to have to fly to Texas to meet sure. his family, so they've obviously been stationed here on Staten Island. Yeah, his whole, but it's like his whole family, like okay, everyone's there. Say, There's like a baby there, his sisters correct. there. It yeah, has it, a very the whole like family.
0: That's what didn't make sense to me. They're like our like uncle, who's a family friend. He like they all that he also moved to Staten Island. Yeah, I just looked all it just up. There. The naval station. There was a naval station in Staten Island between 1990 and 1994 and then it was closed so i'm like Uh, ah did i retire in 94 and then they were just like we love staten island so much we need to stay
1: (laughs) i'm gonna make up a new backstory also his sister doesn't have an accent (laughs) it's
2: very confusing (laughs) it makes any sense but, but it's I, all. I appreciate the effort that they went through to try to explain it.
0: They were like, "We yeah. will hire a woman with a Southern accent in order yeah. to like give a slight nod that we understand Matthew McConaughey does not
1: have a Staten Island accent." I will say that, like making that little bit of story effort is what separates this from the mass of of bad rom coms. You know that this is like the craft. Like they're paying attention to the craft and the continuity. Just enough, you know, to, to bring us along with them. Uh, at this point, we're going to take a quick break while we think about how this meeting with the family might go, and we'll be right back to hear how Andy does.
0: Can you keep up? I like loving.
1: Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats.
0: Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need
1: to know about
0: I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget.
1: Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at zola.com. That z o l a.com.
0: Looks good doing
1: it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To
0: claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout.
1: That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
0: And we are back just in time for Andy to hop on the back of Matthew McConaughey's Motorcycle and motor (laughs) all the way to Staten Island.
1: And it goes great. She meets the family. Everyone that he's related to lives here on Staten Island, and some of them have Southern accents and some of them don't, but it's fine. They're unpretentious. They're friendly. They love playing the card game bullshit. And she can't resist getting along with them. She can't, she doesn't want to make a big scene in front of this lovely family. So before you know it, she's, like, winning bullshit and charming the whole gang.
2: Have you ever played bullshit?
1: Yes. No. I grew up
0: playing bullshit at summer camp quite a lot, actually. Okay.
2: Emma, I have a question for you because yes. I didn't I didn't actually care enough to look this up, but I'm pretty sure they were <laughs> playing it wrong. Because you <laughs> if you call bullshit on somebody, they have to take the whole pile, not just the cards they put down, right?
0: Yes. They weren't doing that. Were they not? I noticed at least once they he did take the whole pile.
2: Okay. Because another time he just takes back the three cards that he put down. And I was like, no, buddy. You have to take all of them.
0: Yeah. So there are some continuity errors here. And frankly, they should have been paying attention to that. Because it is, it's actually quite a simple card game. <laughs> Hence why I was playing it as a child at summer camp with other children.
1: I think it's clear that they don't adhere too closely to the rules, even though they have, like, a running card game with, like, scores up on a chalkboard, because they all just fully cheat <laughs> so that Andy can can beat Ben at bullshit. Um, and so she's suddenly in cahoots with this whole family. They, She's, like, one of them. They're like, you need to come back. He's never brought a girlfriend home before, and you're just so... You're so great. You fit right in. And suddenly Andy's like, I feel so guilty about how good I am at bullshit. Because this all is bullshit. It's a bullshit relationship. It's a bullshit card game. What is she even doing here?
0: And Um, this is where they are both emotionally vulnerable enough to truly connect. And we get like, the one moment in the movie of, like, real romantic connection, which, of course, means that they have hot sex
1: in the shower In the shower
0: at his parents'
1: house. Watching this movie in high school gave me very unrealistic ideas about how comfortable and romantic it would be to have shower sex. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yes. your first oh time having God. sex definitely in the shower. <laughs> I was like, there are a lot of logistics,
0: just yeah. mechanics of shower sex. That aren't accurately portrayed.
2: Well, you don't see anything. It cuts away. Yeah. it's a family-friendly movie, and it just like <laughs> of it's, like, course, it's, watch like, it with s- your kids, team, and then it's like fairy.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's just gonna be this beautiful romantic
1: buildup, and then who knows what happens in there? But it was good. All I'm saying is, it's clear that they're about to have sex, so why are they going into the shower? They've never had sex before. Is this really how they want to kick it? They're at his off? parents' house. Where else are <laughs> they supposed they're to? They're dirty <laughs> because they got
2: sprayed with mm, motorcycle water. Yeah,
1: they're so dirty. Oh, right, because he was teaching her how to ride his motorcycle on the boardwalk, and things get a little hectic, you know, and a little messy. And before you know it, they're having to strip down and soap up you know what it's a hot scene again you gotta give credit it where is. credit oh, is due. Yeah. like
0: this scene works
1: that's what i mean like i watched this in high school and i was like this is so what it's hot it's gonna be like yeah
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be amazing and romantic and hot um
2: this is also where i realized how little you know about her as a character because mm-hmm. she's so sad that his family accepted her and it's like do you have a family
1: you we have no idea. Right.
2: You never see the inside of her apartment.
1: We have no there is no backstory for Andy, like except that she wants to write out politics and she can't. We don't know her dating history. Why is she single? Does she want a relationship or not? Unclear. She's not in one. Um, what is what is her family backstory? I had the same thought. Like, she's so Emotional about whether his family accepts her. What's the story there? Why right. do we never hear about yeah, her Yeah, she's the central character, and we know so much less
0: about her than we do about Benjamin. Yeah.
1: She's, it really,
0: she's just a career it, woman out here trying <laughs> to write about bringing
1: peace to Tajikistan. Right. Even though he, even though they both are deceiving each other, he is the only one who is, like, really having moral growth from that in a meaningful way. Like, he is the person who is framed through these specific details about his past and his family in a way that allows us to understand his emotional growth from this. Whereas, yeah, with her, it's just like, at the end, is she really a different person than she was before? Or is she just not working at composure anymore and she's in love with Ben and that's the only difference? It's like, it's completely murky. Um... Because we all know that men are just—they're more complex and interesting, and there's more to kn- there's more to know about them. They head back on the ferry, both suddenly feeling like maybe this could be love, um, despite despite all the the craziness around around this.
2: And she has and natural about- hair now. You know she has. Oh yeah. She doesn't have the blow anymore, yep. so you know that this is her being open, true and vulnerable. self. Yeah.
0: Becca, I noted the exact same <laughs> thing. I was like, she has waves and curls now. This girl did not just have a blowout. Yeah. She is her authentic self, finally. Yeah,
2: how else would we know?
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly there's no emotional development uh, about of her. So
1: all we can do is read the hair. Yeah, men have emotions. Women have hair. Also, is that is that natural – hair. That looks pretty well executed by a a curly hair. Oh no, no, no. It's
0: the signal. It's the signal of natural hair because (laughs) in the early aughts, like the signifier of effort was like that perfect
1: straight, Mm -hmm. straightened hair or that like very
0: overtly blown out hair.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying that like, I don't. I don't know if that's the
0: natural <laughs> You're saying they texture, didn't just Kate have her shower in. and then have her hair <laughs> And then dry? just like,
1: oh, look, it just dried like that in perfect little ringlets, the exact size of a curling iron barrel. Um, and so it's about to be the 10th day, which means that Andy is going to have to file her story and she'd better have lost this guy by then. And Ben is going to have to prove that he has a woman in love with him so he can win that account. And it's all coming together at his company's... Diamond Gala for Diamonds? Sure, yeah. They're they're having a party for advertising and Diamonds. And she is coming with him at his request as his girlfriend. She tries to get out of writing the article because now she's like, maybe I am into Ben. But alas, Lana is not her Girl Scout leader. She is her boss. And she has to ruin a real relationship that she actually cares about for work. And that's just being professional. Also, Lana is at this diamond gala because uh, Composure has been raking in those diamond advertisements from Ben's firm, and she sees Andy there and is just like, "Sure, Andy's here." Like, did she not think like who here? Who is Andy here with? At any point, um, that will become relevant. The theme of this party is frost yourself, even though Ben has not yet won the account somehow he is creatively in charge of it already. And so all these jewelers have come. It's basically their their advertising client is Delauer, which I guess is supposed to be like De Beers, like they are the actual diamond magnates and then jewelers work with them to source their diamonds. So all these jewelers who work with the Delauers are there offering their jewels for the the guests to wear while they party. And Andy is about to put on some regular, schmegular diamond uh, jewelry. When the jeweler jeweler stops her and is like, no, no, you're beautiful. So (laughs) we're going to give you an 84-carat canary yellow diamond to wear because you're beautiful and you deserve it. This necklace is unreal. It is like, I'm going to say it, it's too big. Like, it's just like... It's like the size of an egg. And
0: yeah, I this must is be like, really this is like approaching
1: like Hope Diamond territory.
2: <laughs> yeah, but she's not buying it. If somebody offers you to wear the gaudiest diamond, no, you've ever oh, seen, yeah. I would be you like, gotta oh,
0: to be clear, You gotta wear I'm it. To be clear, I'm obsessed with it. And with that buttery yellow perfect dress,
1: <laughs>
2: are we gonna talk it's about iconic. the dress?
1: Oh my god, we have to talk about the dress. Andy's
0: dress, which was <laughs> made by Carolina Herrera for this film, is So burned into my brain. Like, this was like the epitome of effortless gorgeousness in the early aughts. I was like, oh, that, if only I could pull off that.
2: It's actually still very chic. I feel like most of fashion is kind of cringy and is very dated to that time. Versus, I watched this last night and I was like, yeah, if I saw Emma Stone wearing this on a red carpet. like yeah looks great
1: yeah yeah. it's very classic old hollywood like glamour glamour. Mm -hmm. it's the silk bias cut sort of lightly clinging the 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 small like sort of trail trailing train the low back the low back it is like dangerously close to you know showing something that would make this not family friendly and i found that just like so edgy when I was a teenager watching this movie. I was like, oh my God, she could never wear that to prom at my Catholic high school. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be allowed. And I, that dress made like such an impression on me that actually there are two reasons that I remember that I saw this movie in high school. One is the paper that I wrote. One is that I remember my high school best friend going to Chicago. I lived in South Bend. So Chicago was like, a big day trip, she went with this guy she was sort of dating and they went to a department store and tried on expensive designer clothes. And she was like, Claire, I tried on a dress that was exactly like the Kate Hudson dress in 10 Things or How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And I was like, oh my God, like you are living the dream. <laughs> that is like, I can't even believe that I know someone who's tried on a dress like that. It, it just loomed so large in our, in our fashion imaginations. And it's it's a classic. Although the color is uh, is unusual, you don't see it. It's like a buttery yellow, almost. You don't I see love a color it. like that every day. And it's hard. I don't think I could wear a dress that color.
2: I don't, I don't think I could either. Also, she's very clearly not wearing a bra, and like you can see her nipples the in, the entire time.
1: Which I applaud. I'm now like in my 30s. I'm getting into that. I'm like, yeah, I I shouldn't have to cover these up. they're part of my body. Kate Hudson was already doing it in 2003. Trailblazer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trailblazer, an icon. Um, So she, of course, has her hair caught up in a low, chignon, sleek again to show that she's making an effort for Ben. And he is also so bowled over by her. It's like maybe he's also in love. Maybe this isn't just a bet anymore. Once they're at the party, they're both mingling. little bit Ben's boss spots Andy and heads over to be like hey so you're in love with Ben my employee is that what I'm to understand and she's like oh no I I couldn't I couldn't possibly be in, in love it's it's only been 10 days that's that doesn't make any sense and Despite this strong denial, he reads the truth all over her face. (laughs) She is in love with Ben. He wins, high fives, slaps on the back, time to party. And Ben is like, wait, she loves me. But maybe (laughs) I, maybe I, that's crazy. It's only been 10 days, but maybe this is it for us which is by the way i just want to backtrack for a moment she has spent 90% of their 10 day relationship acting in a way that should encourage him to seek a restraining order and he's like <laughs> we had like a couple good days in there so like maybe we should really commit i'm thinking we should really commit no the
0: and move whole forward. thing is completely unhinged it, it <laughs> makes absolutely no sense and also again 10 days 10 days 10 days, Ten days.
1: They've already been to couples therapy in 10 days. Did things really move that quickly back then? Because I'm imagining that now you would have a hard time getting a guy who was actively trying to date you to see you more than once in the course of the first 10 days since you met each other. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get a drink again soon.
0: Let's talk next week. See you in at least a week. (laughs) You're like, well, there are my first seven days. Uh, So... You'd have to what? do all of the crazy stuff
1: like over text, and then you would just get ghosted. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, it would be a completely different.
2: Aren't they remaking this movie?
1: What? I think. Oh, how no. are we doing this episode, and we didn't know that?
2: Okay, so I was trying to see if there was an oral history. Uh, like you know, like one of those vulture articles about this. I
0: too looked for that and I There's didn't not. find it.
2: <laughs> but I did see articles from 2019 saying that they were rebooting this as a TV show. But I, nothing's come of it, so I don't know if it's something that's yeah. paused in COVID okay. or if it was. Stra- oh, I'm sorry. It, it was. It
1: was in the works by Quibi, So <laughs> I was gonna say it's Quibi. not happening. Oh, no. We won't be seeing that.
0: That won't why? be happening. I think that's for the best. And also, I'm trying also, to imagine this being broken up into like
1: five to ten
0: minute episodes.
1: Well, but I think that that's why it's perfect for Quibi, because the show now, as you said, would just be, like, some batshit text exchanges, and the whole thing would be over in no time. (laughs) So it was gonna be really short, and I think that's fitting. Um, I think, but this movie, you know, you don't need a reboot of this movie. It is the perfect example of what it is. let it live. Um, Meanwhile, Ben is trying to make his way over to Andy to be like, I heard you told my boss that you loved me. And guess what? I love you too. When he's buttonholed by Lana, her boss, who is eager to talk to the new point person on the Delauer account. So Composure can keep getting those diamond ads. And as she's chatting Ben up, they notice Andy and she's like, oh, yes, Andy, that's my how to girl. She's currently doing a How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days article and the things she's been putting this guy through, she named his penis Princess Sophie. And Ben is like, wait, wait. And then the pieces are all coming together. Evie
0: Newworth realizes and she's like, but doesn't like warn Andy that she did this? Yeah, she's just like,
2: oops, oops." Homer Simpson straight into the bushes.
1: (laughs) 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 She's not his Girl Scout leader. She's. Andy's boss, like she has no responsibility to fix them emotionally. Meanwhile, Andy has been buttonholed by his two thesaurus wielding minions who are like, listen, we heard from the Judy's that you've just been playing along. You knew about the bet. Here's the thing. Just like don't tell anyone that you knew about the bet.
0: They're like, don't tell anyone that you know he was just trying to get you to fall in love with him to get the Delauer account. Like they're doing a whole exposition. <laughs> I'm like, if she knew about it, you really wouldn't have to explain right. in detail what it's she like. If she
1: do. knew, then I'm sure she knows that she shouldn't tell anyone <laughs> because it's kind of inherent to the whole scheme that no one find out that she's faking it. And if she doesn't know, well, now she knows. Which is, of course, exactly the case, and so now her heart is is breaking. Fortunately, the perfect opportunity is about to arise to hash this all out like adults. Marvin Hamlish, iconic American songwriter, I think, hops on stage for a piano performance, a little uh, song from from one of the greats, and just as he's about to go into his set, Andy chugs her champagne and jumps on stage to grab the mic to introduce Ben to the, to the room as a, quote, wagering enthusiast who has prepared a little musical snack for Mrs. DeLauer, the lecherous elderly wife of the diamond mogul, Mr. DeLauer. And Ben is not content to let her get away with this revenge. He's like, oh no, it's a duet, Andy. Get back here. We're going to sing You're So Vain. <sighs> I think this is actually how I learned about the song You're So Vain. <laughs> Frankly, I
0: appreciated that they are both bad at singing. Like, I think so often these th- these movies, all of a sudden, you're like, the person on stage is also a professional singer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're only doing this because Kate Hudson wanted to do her karaoke number yeah. <laughs> in a movie. This is not that.
2: This is such a perfect scene to me. I love the <laughs> moment where Marvin Hamlish is like, "It's not even one of my songs." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Go with it, Hamlish."
0: And then I, yeah, love, he's like, "This is not from a chorus line." I don't <laughs> understand.
2: <laughs> and then I love how bad it is, but also how delighted Mrs. Delauer is. Like she's like <laughs> snapping along. She's like having the time of her life
1: she's like ben did prepare this musical snack for me just for me she's like doing a little dance in the audience also yet
0: another random older woman in a movie like similar to last week on summer catch who's just entire thing is like being sexually predatory yeah (laughs) like so bizarre
1: that is like a, a thread of this movie it's like the female chauvinist pigs thing it's just like women can be pigs too like they're ogling ben in his office while he's just trying to change out of his biking shirt and like mrs Delauer just wants a hot young stud to flirt with um so she's having a great time in her wig that appears to be made out of red <laughs> feathers sure. which i love I'm obsessed with that and they have changed most of the lyrics to reveal their grievances with each other in rhyme, which is actually quite impressive yeah, expertly done and improv king and queen out here <laughs> they're all, they're just yes anding their way through this. It's like, oh, you, you use the word same. uh, you named my penis after a dame, So how about that? She reaches the end of the song, sort of, and runs out still wearing the 84-carat diamond. (sighs) And I gotta say, the handlers are very polite in requesting it back as she almost makes off with a massive fortune in, in jewelry around her neck.
2: What a different movie this could have been.
1: I know. I was like, this could have gone a very different direction if they weren't just like, oh, look at this nice blonde lady who yeah. is just walking out with this diamond. Just like running, She didn't mean to. Running out the door <laughs> with this 84-carat diamond. <gasps> oh, I'm sure it's all a misunderstanding. And it is a misunderstanding. She's like, I was just so distracted by how I'm a fucking bet, Ben. Am I a bet? I always just hear she's all that whenever I watch one oh, of yeah. movies. Oh yeah. And he's like, "Why don't you use it for your article, lady?" And she's like, "Oh, I see how it is." And then they just yell at each other about that. And you're just for like, a while. "Both of you are bad." Like,
0: do do you think either of them like really has a right to be enraged?
2: No, but I think they deserve each other.
1: Yes. yes I agree. I mean, fundamentally, this is just part of their courtship, right? Like, this is where they show, they, like, they, they reveal a new face of themselves to each other. It's a little, like, passionate argument. It's almost like, you know, tension and, like, foreplay, you know? It's like, this is part of their, their two personalities colliding and coming together. It's beautiful.
2: I also want to know what they thought was going to happen, because when they started to fall in love, So I guess he he has a better cover than she does because he could just not tell her that it was a bet. But then on her end, if she is in love with him and wants to be with him, she then just has to be like, ooh, really bad PMS. Like, sorry about those 10 days. I have a total different personality now. And also I wrote an article about
1: it. Don't read Composure Magazine this month. I mean, I think we, we know what,
0: we know what Ben's interests are. He will not be picking up a print copy.
1: No, I think that that's the, 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 her exit strategy makes a lot of sense if they don't fall in love and his exit strategy makes a lot of sense if they both do fall in love and his, like, if, if, if they fall in love, then for Ben, it's like, well, we'll just keep dating. Right. She never needs right, to know right. about that for her. It's like, well, the, The plan is that we don't fall in love, so he's, what, he's going to recompose your magazine and find out that that this chick he dated for six days did this to him? No, like, he's going to go on with his life, and I'll go on with my life. But, of course, they found themselves in the situation where things are the messiest, where they both want to continue the relationship, but they also both know that they have been betrayed. How to proceed from here? I don't see a good way out. Um, I don't know. In the end, I'm still wondering who has more of a right to be mad at the other person because I think it's important to pick a winner. <laughs> <laughs> who Who is the better person? They're both I think I'm still, bad. I think I'm still gonna say Andy's
0: better. But I think Andy's the better person.
1: I think,
2: Andy. Person. <laughs> I think uh, Andy, but then she loses me at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah
1: we got, oh, we got to talk about the ending. So Lana loves the resulting article so much that she's like, Andy, you've really proven to me that you've got what it takes to be a how-to girl unleashed, unchained. You can write about anything, wherever the wind blows you. And Andy says, even politics? And Lana says, well, the wind's not going to blow you over there. It's really more of a light breeze. It might blow you over to shoes or how to dress for your body type. Um, this is a fun call back to when Andy first tells uh, Ben about her job and how she is really good at it. Her editor will let her write about whatever she wants. And he's like, oh, like shoes. She's like, no, like politics. Guess who was right in the end? It was Ben. The resident misogynist was correct. I think you mean feminist. <laughs> oh, he yeah, really, sorry.
0: I, feminist. He's the true feminist. He thinks women can put diamonds on themselves. So
1: yeah, what's exactly. more feminist than that? And Andy is like, no, I did not write these columns about how to feng shui your apartment for, for years so that I still can't write about how to bring peace to Tajikistan. So I really thought the how-to column at Composure could be a good space for me to express all of these rigorous political uh, arguments, but apparently not. So I quit. And she walks out the door. Her hair, once again, Natural. Cause Cause she's really she accessing her true self. Herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's licking her wounds with Michelle when someone knocks on Michelle's door. It is not the Chinese food delivery, it is her last ex, Mike, with flowers. Mike, of course, is the person who started this whole thing by dumping Michelle after one week of dating. And Mike says, you know you know, that perfume you sprayed on my pillow. Um, And I was like, that's weird. Why are you doing that? Well, it's gone now, and I miss it. And do you think we could give this another try? And Michelle's like, maybe. He's learned to appreciate a
0: little crazy. She's learned (laughs) to be a little more chill. This is the happy ending. Well, she said, maybe, maybe. Right, maybe, yes. She's playing cool. How else would you read that, <laughs> She She's beginning her transformation into a cool girl. And Andy is learning. Maybe she
1: doesn't know it all. Yeah. Andy's like, maybe it is okay to cry after having sex for the first time after two days and to be like, I'm in love with you and I just want you to know how I feel. Maybe it is because he'll break up with you, but then he'll come back and realize he made the biggest mistake of his life. But Andy has already published her last column with Composure, and it's a doozy. It is her How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days column, but it's not the one that she had planned to write. And when Ben reads it, he understands that she really does love him. I believe the lead is, I lost a guy, and I don't know why. And I'm like, I think you do know why, Andy. That part is extremely clear. (laughs) The poll quote
0: is like, I lost the only guy I ever really fell for.
1: Right. He and again, I'm need like, to I didn't even have to
0: <laughs> read the full column. He's just like, I see <gasps> the nut graph right there in the poll quote. I'm good. Yeah.
1: I think it's it, in uh, Never Been Kissed, I think we get like the whole story. Yeah. And it really goes into like, here's what I did wrong. And like, I really, here's why I love this guy. And this one is just sort of like, headline, I'm sorry, Ben. All right. Well... <laughs> Time to go fix this. Clearly, it works. Yeah, that's all he needs, and he goes to her office at Composure, and she's already on the way to her big interview in Washington. Okay, first of all, why would he go to her office
0: again? More evidence she doesn't have a home. (laughs) She only was her literally ever call. her said no. He didn't read it because it says this is my last column. Like, I am done working here. And he's like, where would I find her? But the
2: office where she says in print she no longer works. You see the facade of her home. You see right. the yeah. exterior. She lives, I think at one point she gets in a cab and she says 5th and 12th.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we know the general neighborhood. <laughs> of her
2: and home. that it, there
0: are
1: residential buildings there. I do know oh, yes. that intersection. <laughs> um so he goes naturally to her former workplace to find her and they're like she's already on the way to her big interview in washington to be a real journalist also no and one he's calls like, it washington going to washington <laughs> maybe be it's like, in washington state
0: I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like i'm on an amtrak to dc like what are you talking
1: about she's like i'm flying to washington seattle The only place where I can write about the serious things I really want to write about.
2: You don't know what kind of journalism she's into. You don't know how she's going to solve the problems (laughs) in Tajikistan. It's true. I
1: really don't. And so Ben is like, I can't reach her in Washington, obviously. Um, So it's time for me to dangerously chase her through traffic on a motorcycle. Okay. I have to, again, this is one of those like living in New York
0: things. This chase takes place on the fucking Manhattan Bridge. This makes no sense like if she's going whether she's going to an airport driving to d c like she's in Manhattan she's like let's take the Manhattan bridge into Brooklyn yes in order to I mean, get to either Penn Station or like maybe JFK. She's going to an airport that's not, not how you get not, there Claire <laughs> you do not go like into Central Brooklyn to get to Queens. I mean, realistically, it's probably the only bridge they could Get them to close.
1: So oh, absolutely. Could film on it. I was just like, this was it was killing oh, yeah. me. You know, growing up as like a kid in Indiana, I'm sure that I was just like, well, a bridge is how you leave the island, and then you just, I guess, drive in a cab all the way to Washington <laughs> DC. Like, I don't know. Like, it's probably not that far. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so she is headed deep into Brooklyn for reasons unknown. (laughs) And Ben is like, the bridge is a great place for me to weave at high speeds through traffic and then to bang on the door of her cab while everyone is driving very fast. And also there's, like, active construction
2: happening. There's, like, sparks flying (laughs) over them. Like, it looks so dangerous.
1: Have you ever been on a bridge where they were doing active sparks resulting construction (laughs) on the bridge, like, right next to the road. There's, like, Like, no closed
0: lanes. They're
1: just, like, we, you know,
0: multitasking.
1: Yeah, the sparks are flying over your car as you head to Washington, D.C. through Brooklyn. (laughs) And I was just distracted, but I'm a very nervous passenger and driver, and any kind of car chase makes me want to die. This, like, on a bridge, I was like, there's nowhere to go but into a wall <laughs> or the water. Like, I'm not feeling good about this. I know how it ends because I've seen the movie before, but it doesn't feel good. He He's like, pull over. Gin Blossoms is playing, you know, I got a little, like, anywhere you go, I'll fall. Great song. Mm-hmm. Down into the water as I chase you <laughs> off the bridge. And he's like, you need to pull over. And she's like, pull over and the cabbie's like we're on a bridge lady and she's like okay well then i guess i'll just throw up into an ashtray and he's like fine i'll pull over on a bridge this is how people get in like really horrifying accidents by the way it's like being stopped on the shoulder of a bridge that's like a, a very great,
2: bad idea
1: great place to be just like standing hanging out while traffic whizzes by
2: present day andy anderson must have an <sighs> abysmal uber, uber rating
1: Oh, oh my yeah. god.
2: <laughs> the worst.
1: <laughs> Imagine. No one would ever pick her up again.
2: Also, if there was ever a time for a for a meaner stereotypical New York cabbie who was like, "No lady, like this not pulling over on the bridge." This guy was yeah, like, wait, oh, then they okay. could have okay. a fight underneath the, the Sparrow.
1: I don't understand. They're going to be over the bridge in like 10 they seconds. They needed the view. Having had to stop in very weird places in New York traffic recently because my toddler actually does throw up all over everything wherever he wants. You know, if I had the choice of waiting until I got to Washington and he could just come on Amtrak and meet me there, I think I would take it. I think that seems better. But Ben needs to talk to her right now. And they pull over and he whips out the magazine and he's like, is this true? And she's like, (laughs) I meant every word. And he's like, well, where are you going? And she's like, Washington. It's the only place I can go and write what I want to write. And he's like, bullshit. You're running away. And she's like, "Yup, I am running away. All right. Fuck
0: my interview. (laughs) Let me just hang out on this bridge (laughs) indefinitely under
1: the sparks with this Man on a motorcycle. That's so why she has to give up all of her cards now that bullshit has been called, including the card of having have a her good own job. Career.
2: <laughs> and this is why there's no peace in Tajikistan.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So uh, much good. And she wanted to write about the environment. Imagine where we would be right now yeah, instead of in the midst of used active global another warming.
0: Dedicated environmental journalist in 2003. Instead, we just have another lady out another here, unemployed yeah. Like, <laughs> another unemployed journalist <laughs> propping up her boyfriend's career as like a third-rate guy
1: <laughs> selling blood diamonds uh yeah he she i guess has canceled her job interview and like here's the thing though there are plenty of journalism jobs in new so york so it's gonna work out for her
2: it's like what about the new <laughs> He's york Times, like, you- andy
1: yeah, have you considered working at the New York Times? Like, Have you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think things are going to work out for Andy, because now she has those years at Composure writing her how-to column under her belt. She's going to be hired probably anywhere she wants to write about Tajikistan and the economy and politics and it doesn't have to be in Washington. And she just felt like New York wasn't big enough for the two of them and her massive heartbreak. But now she has her man, and they are on the motorcycle with their baby love fern. And their dog, I guess, is somewhere. they. She got them a dog. Kind of feels like that dog is living a tough existence <laughs> now. <laughs> um, but one big happy family. And that is the end of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to break down some of the themes a little bit more. Springtime vibes are in the air. And when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not... The Litter Box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all
0: you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra
1: absorbent, it's lightweight,
0: low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month.
1: Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat.
0: And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better... You won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house.
1: Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too.
0: Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order. And... Get a free cat toy.
1: That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat
0: toy. Prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply.
1: See site for details. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then
0: make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel.
1: Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works.
0: Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts
1: to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world.
0: Plus, all of Babbel's 14 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was
1: Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled
0: B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI.
1: Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: And we are back. Let's talk about what we think about the love story. Are you guys (laughs) charmed by it? Did it work for you on this (sighs) rewatch?
2: Not a great love story. I feel like you're watching for the plot and the intrigue, not necessarily mm-hmm. the love.
1: It's more like a chemistry story. Like, yeah. I, I remember mm-hmm. it being being a, a really effective rom-com and that I wanted them to end up together. And watching it this weekend, I was like, oh, because, yeah, they have great chemistry and, like, they're fun to see together. And you're like, yeah, I hope they make out at the end.
0: And it is amazing how that chemistry really can carry a completely insane plot across the finish line. Like, you can overlook a lot when the actors are competent and when they just have, like, that good energy between them. Unlike, again, Summer Catch, which we talked about last week, and the leads had zero chemistry. And so all you could do is notice all of the terrible plot inconsistencies.
1: And there's enough, like, charm in the script and in their abilities to bring the script to life that even though you end up not really knowing that much about andy especially it's like i almost buy it i didn't notice that because i just felt like i would know her the way i know an actual friend it's like i know what it's like to be around her like she's funny she's vivacious like you're charmed out of having too many questions about all of the holes and absences
2: it also moves quickly you're not You're not really sitting anywhere too long. It's a two-hour movie, which is, you know, pretty long by today's standards. But it's it's pacey. It's well written. Oh, flies by.
0: It is. It is well written. It is well paced. Um, I will say, the script did involve a woman writing it, which I always think is (laughs) is helpful in actually making. That's actually surprising. yeah I well wouldn't have guessed. okay, sorry, a mo- a woman and two men, but there oh, was oh, at least okay, one sure, woman okay. involved, sure. also directed by
1: a man. of course. Well, you want to make sure the male perspective is represented because too often men are taken off of the account and exactly just handed <laughs> to two women named Judy for no reason. uh, yeah, i I mean, Ben and Andy, I'm left with the question of like, What do they like about each other? Because they're both pretending to be other people for, like, most of the time they spend together. And, like, he's pretending to be, like, this really sweet man who wants commitment. She's pretending to be this clingy, hyper-feminine basket case. What
0: they like about each other is their mutual love of basketball, Claire. Right.
2: And their equal levels of hotness. Yes. 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 Very key. Very, very key. You can't
1: underestimate that. Yeah, that's a very important. This is an important installment in the canon of like these peop these two people are the hottest people in the movie so they're in love now. And that's very important in a, in a, a movie of this type. I and then I guess we're also just supposed to see that they like catch glimpses of each other's real personalities and they just like those real personalities are so drawn to each other through the mask that there. But like I'm like Ben's real personality is that he's just like a hyper masculine player. Ben's who sucks. real sucks. So I'm like is he different? I guess he's changed.
2: Ben's real personality is that he puts on it's getting hot in here by Nelly to seduce you <laughs> and hands you a Bud <laughs> Heavy. Like ooh. <"Ugh." laughs>
0: but the dream. he has 25 abs. He does. <laughs> Oh, my God. Nellie in a
1: Bud Heavy. Just oh,
0: just what God. every woman wants in addition this, to frosting themselves. Truly. This movie
1: really is, like, of the moment <laughs> in so many ways. It's like a time capsule. There's um, a lot of Bud and also Coca-Cola product coke, So much Coke. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And she, like, pretends that she needs it to be Diet Coke. Um when she's pretending to be, like, too girly, but she'll just drink a Coke because she's cool. She is, she's a cool girl. She eats burgers. She watches sports. She drinks full sugar Coke. And yet, she's also, like, really blonde and well-groomed and skinny. And it's like, isn't this what all women should be like? I certainly thought so in 2003. (laughs) I think that men thought so, and probably still think so. I mean, so we've been talking about the cool girl thing, but it—it it, I really think that the Gillian Flynn, like famous, Gone Girl speech in the 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 little like monologue in Gone Girl about the cool girl, just like it could have been inspired by Andy
0: Anderson. So I I looked up the exact quote because I hadn't read it in a while. It's, men always say that as the defining compliment, don't they? She's a cool girl. Being a cool girl means I am hot, funny, brilliant woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes, and burping, who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two. Because cool girls are, above all, hot. Hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a chagrined, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want go ahead, shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. That is Andy. It is Andy. Like, it, is. it just
1: it is Andy. Andy's like, There's, I would
0: never actually go to a vegetarian restaurant. I need to right. run to the back to watch the basketball game and eat red meat.
1: Yeah. There's even a scene where she is literally jamming a burger into her mouth. Yes. While her boss is like, take smaller bites on your date. While Michelle's
2: and eating a like, salad. And
1: she's like, of course. Well of course, because Michelle's not a cool girl. She shows the labor of Yeah, of Michelle
0: requires labor. Womanhood.
1: Andy is effortless. Andy just is. Yeah. The real labor is her trying to act like all those crazy bitches. Yeah. And that's the only reason that Ben ever finds her unappealing is like, oh, she's wearing a really girly sundress. She's acting super cutesy. She's using baby talk. She's leaving pink stuff and She listens to
0: Celine Dion and would dare take me to a Celine Dion concert. And
1: I'm like, dude, what a gift. Yeah. Say thank you. And apparently amazing seats. You can smell the sweat of Celine Dion and her. It's a dream of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andy throughout is just like juxtaposed with like a bad normal woman who is like whiny and clingy and into girly shit. And Andy is blonde, perfect looking, never makes an effort, doesn't diet, doesn't seem to care about looks at all, but she's always perfectly styled and toned and has the platinum blonde, like blowout that was required (laughs) at the time. It's just, like, kind of, like, I don't know, like, revisiting that, I was like, oh, that was just so dominant, like, that image Mm -hmm. of how you should be as a woman that, like, I don't even think I questioned it at the time. No, no, I think it's,
0: it's really startling to be confronted by, like, the images that we kind of grew up and came of age around and, like, how many of these like overt messages about who you should be and how you should look and how you should craft yourself into someone who might be desirable. Like if you are a, a straight woman, like it just really went right through me, and none of it registered as like inherently problematic, or even that like even as something that was changeable. It was just like this is this just this is. just is.
2: But I wonder if that's a product of your age or if any woman watching this movie at that time, like if you were in your 30s in 2003 watching this movie, Mm -hmm. if you would just be like, oh, yeah, this is all fine. This is how it is. I'm sure
0: that there were people watching this being like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, there was obviously some, you know, feminist consciousness that I wasn't we accessing in that, like, I fairy. mean, this was,
1: like, the feminist backlash. Like, right. this is, like, the era of, like, reacting against, like, Riot Girl and, like, the feminism of the 90s... Exactly. ...by enforcing this idea that, like, oh, no, feminism is when you, like, buy yourself a diamond and you dress really girly, but also you're sexually available and hot, but also, like, you realize that guy stuff is better. And that was, like... <laughs> We were just at this very formative age during that, but I would hope that I would imagine that there were more critical viewers of it at the time. Like this this whole, yeah.
2: It does not have great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that might be through a a current lens. I don't know when Rotten Tomatoes started, but.
0: Uh, No, it doesn't. I did look up some of the original reviews, which were, shocker, primarily written by men, um, and most just criticized... Like, the
1: plot being
0: insane.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, a lot of rom-coms are reviewed badly for the reason that predominantly male critics don't take them seriously because they're for it and about women. But then often they deserve bad reviews because they're really sexist. And that's, like, the Gordian knot of, like, feminist analysis of, of the the... Rom-com, especially, like it definitely deserves a lot of critique. But I don't know how much of it was for the right reasons at the time, and it left like such a mark. Like the scene where um, where Ben is in his bathroom and he just starts looking around and seeing a pink hand towel and a pink toothbrush, and vaginal tampons. And he's like, no, 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 no. Come on. Like, it is like uh he's in a horror
0: movie. Yeah, he's like, like, these women y body things are not the type of products I, a man, should ever have to confront. And like his horror is is cartoonish, but the message is so clear. Like anything that exposes the like things that are quote unquote gross about your body or any like fluids or any maintenance you might have to do is disgusting and is to be hidden and only a very unchill, cool, uncool girl would do such a thing as like reveal to a man that she an adult woman has a period.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: I definitely like still feel that way (laughs) on some level. It's also done from her side knowing that it will gross him out. Like this is one of her tactics. Like She's like exactly. This, this is a
0: mistake women make.
1: Yeah, yeah. Having, having a, a period around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> having a period is a big one. Having uh, any sort of health issues involving the vagina, including itchiness, you can't have vagicil. It's just it's not acceptable to men. He's like, I don't want to think about a woman
0: having a vagina unless my penis is in it. Already it's actively in it yeah. at that
1: time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, that whole, that, the part where she's leaving pink stuff all over the apartment, too. like, I think now about, like, what it was like for me in my mid-twenties to, to decorate an apartment with my boyfriend, now my husband, and, like, how much self-editing I did based off of the idea that I would horrify and gross him out if I wanted anything in the apartment that was too girly, and, like, I was the one decorating it. Like, he wasn't really paying that much attention. And I was like, what if I get this really masculine-looking couch? Is that okay? And he's like, uh, sure. And I'm like, great. I think it's pretty masculine, so it'll be fine. <laughs> like, I this was so deeply ingrained. And it wasn't just this movie, because we grew up in this stew of that attitude. But um, this definitely was lodged deep in my, in my brain. Um... But there is, as we've discussed, this this sort of feminist theme running throughout, the, like, girl power, girl boss, if you will, feminism, espoused by both Ben, who is like, women, you don't need men, buy your own diamonds, and by Andy, who is like, you know what, some women actually care about politics, and... They are hot, but, like, not in a high-maintenance way. Like, they're just accidentally hot, and (laughs) they eat burgers, and they don't care about superficial stuff. They only care about Tajikistan, but they also just, like, have perfect makeup and outfits. And that was kind of the feminism of the moment. Yeah. In the mainstream. Like, that is how feminism kind of got mainstreamed, I think, was by being like, feminism is fine. It's just that women are hot, but they also have brains some sometimes. So don't but, but worry they about are it. still hot. That's what makes it okay to be feminist and to have a job.
2: Did you know that Kate Hudson shadowed Anna Wintour for this movie? <gasps> Why? I have no idea. <laughs> but that's not set at vote. No. I guess as a comp for composure, but yeah. what do you think Anna Wintour would have thought of this?
0: I don't think she would have been impressed with uh, this
2: particular I, portrayal of women's media. I don't either. I would also watch the documentary of 23-year-old Kate Hudson trailing owner oh in chief Anna Wintour for, for that <laughs> week. I don't know how long it was. Yeah,
1: that is an incredible image. I mean, Lana has Anna Wintour sort of component, like the the severe Bob mm-hmm. and like... The elegance, and she's very, like, cold and mm-hmm. um, controlling of their work. But she like, also does
0: have the haircut, though, of Kate White. Kate White also had kind of that, like, short hair. It um, was the
1: the Lady Mag editor haircut.
0: Yeah. who And she was the, the editor of Cosmo at the time. So oh, I, it thing, feels like a kind just, of Anna Wintour, Kate yeah. White
1: mashup. It just feels like Kate Hudson was like, I want to spend a day shadowing Anna Wintour, so can I? Like, it's not – like, this is clearly a Cosmo-type magazine. Like, none of this is reads as very Vogue to no. me. No, they're just like, S- this other lady does cover fashion, and we have samples of cashmere. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do have a lot of cashmere samples at Vogue. Um, that is – that is a, fascinating <laughs> – context for where Andy goes with this or where Kate goes with this character. Um we can't we can't skip the fact that this being an early aughts rom-com, like big, you know, big big studio movie. Big studio movie is just like pretty offensive in certain predictable ways, but it's at more of a low hum than uh summer catch which i would say the main theme of summer catch was ladies don't be fat and this is more of just like a low constant like subtle reminder subtle reminder um like from the start with Michelle being like, I know why he dumped me. I'm too fat. And they're like, you're not fat. Like, you, just you just have, have a bad, bad personality. personality. Yeah. it's Don't worry. God forbid that you have like a heavier body. What's important is that you don't. You just have a bad personality. And, she, and then she's like, I haven't eaten since we broke up. And her boss is like, good for you. She's eating salad. Just, like, the constant, just, like, diet culture shit, right? Like, it's it's pervasive. I do think some of it is supposed to be a sort of a comedic commentary yeah. on women's mags. And the, but, the of course, tips.
0: any sort of subversiveness is obviously undercut by the fact that, like, everyone is very thin, and there is a scene in which Matthew McConaughey's two thin female colleagues, like, threaten him,
1: Oh, With yeah. potentially
0: having to date a woman who isn't super thin, and he's like
1: horrified.
0: He's like, "Be yeah. nice,
1: ladies." Yeah, that woman is a size eight, so I shouldn't have to be in deal with that. They're like, "Oh no, we wouldn't do that to you." That's no, that's just awful. It's yeah, they 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 are trying to do this like little commentary on the diet culture, but it really is just like almost like. more of a commentary on, like, isn't it sad when women have to starve themselves in order to look acceptable when they should just look that way anyway while also eating burgers is what kind of comes through from the totality of
0: of the choices. I, I think that that is exactly it. It's like, yeah, women's magazines are out here just being so dumb, but, like, not critiquing perhaps the reason that there's a market for magazines to, like, deliver service journalism on how to be thin. They're just like, the bad thing is the magazine and how dumb ladies actually like this shit.
1: Yeah. It's not a very um, deep analysis of the situation, I would say. it's. I mean, and it is like, it is a super white movie. Like all of the central characters... Are white, And there are just like in this way that movies like this often do, there are just smaller characters, smaller part characters who are not white, who are depicted in a sort of racist or tokenizing way. And like, I was really struck on this watch by something I don't think I noticed on previous watches, which was that Andy and all her friends at work are white. And so is their boss. And there's just one super annoying brown nosing girl in the office who is always pitching these really formulaic articles and is like such like a goody two-shoes and she is Asian and it, like I read an article that um recently that sort of looked at and I should have had this ready but I just remembered it now that was looking at the way that like a lot of like beloved Comedic, especially movies and TV shows um, by and about white women use Asian women in this way, uh, Asian female characters in this way. That's very stereotypical and tokenizing. And they're always kind of either sexual threats to the white leads or they're depicted in sort of the way that their coworker is, which is like, oh, she's she's so like annoying and unlikable and and boring And so that really struck me on this watch. Yeah, that felt
0: very, very overt. Again, in a way that like as a white teenager, I definitely didn't take note of, but feels like very obvious now. I
2: was just gonna say, it's such a different experience to watch something with a critical eye versus mm -hmm. uh, just being a consumer and enjoying it, where I think you just notice so much more. Because for all the the Laws that we've picked out. I would probably watch this movie again in three years.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, but I do
0: think that there is it's like there is value in going in having noticed.
2: Absolutely. That
0: stuff and being like, I know what I'm watching and I know what it does well and I know what it does really poorly. And like that is, I think, a, a useful skill as a <laughs> critical consumer of of media but it is it is true when you're not like looking out for details it can kind of just wash over you and like thinking about how much these things probably informed all of our worldviews when we were young like that's the part that is like chilling right like what did we kind of take away without even noticing when we were when we
1: were that young the article I want to mention is by Elaine Chu um, in Vanity Fair and the title is a quote from, um, but the title is you know what I say about men who fuck Asian women and I do recommend the article it's mostly about the um, hypersexualization of Asian women characters in in cultural products by women but it definitely like Exposes a lot of uh, movies that and TV shows that I love um, for doing that, and and also made me bring a slightly more critical eye to this character in this in this movie as well. Let's let's do some love to see it, hate to see it. Um, so we're gonna go through some things that we love to see about the movie and that we hate to see about the movie. First,
0: I love to see just young Kate Hudson being extremely delightful and charming. Mm. She, despite playing a character that has virtually no backstory, manages to really carry the movie and keep you
1: keep you interested in her fate the whole time. Yeah, she just has it. She has that that factor. She, does. she uh, I love to see that dress. Oh that my dress God. continues to be just an iconic moment in film fashion history.
2: I was gonna say the dress too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, does anything else in this movie? No, the best it's thing like the about this movie the <laughs> is the dress.
2: The fern, yes. Oh,
1: the fern. I do the love fern to is see the love fern. That fern is dead, man. That fern is not coming back. As someone who's killed many plants. Ferns are really easy to kill, also. Yes. Yeah, it's a very fragile thing, much like the love between Andy and Ben. Catherine Han, in the nightgown of my Victorian dreams... Loved to see it. Loved it. When, when the, I, cause I'd forgotten it was Catherine Hahn somehow, despite having watched it so many times. When the door opens and she's there in that nightgown, I like gasped with joy. I know. I just love her <laughs> so much. I also
0: love to see just the era of the print magazine still out here thriving, getting that ad money, continuing to print those physical copies. RIP. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And now it's time for hate to see it. (sighs) I think I am still going to have to go with Ben's overwhelming Texas accent and then the confusing thing where he is maybe from Staten Island and maybe not. Um, I just they tried, but it didn't quite land for me. Still doesn't make a lot of sense. As we just discussed, we truly hate to see all the like casual anti
0: fatness and racism in this movie. Hate it.
2: I feel like I hate Uh to see just this casual acceptance of women being crazy. Like, justice for Katherine Hahn in this. Yes. Like, she got such a raw deal in her her character's portrayal.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. And then it's like, she gets a happy ending. But, like, I don't think that we ever came to grips with the fact that she deserved that happy ending. She's amazing. And she should be able to call Mike in the middle of the night and be like, I only ate a handful of popcorn today because of the pressure of living in this fatphobic society. And he should be a supportive partner about that, in my opinion.
2: Controversial opinion. Maybe she deserves somebody better than Mike.
1: Ooh. I agree. say that a woman deserves a better uh, man. That is
0: controversial. I don't know. There are only, like, two or three men. There's Matthew McConaughey, there's Mike, and there's the old Creepy boss, so take your pick. I mean, maybe she can know there are men out there
2: with, with a thesaurus lackey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Only Preferably one of them the is married. Yeah, so, I
0: don't, he might be divorced any day now. That's so, <laughs> true. He might be opening up his roster for Michelle. Yeah, no, I, I mean, want, I want better for Michelle.
1: It would be so different now, I think, to make a rom com where one of the main female characters gets dumped after a week like the idea that she should then just like mourn and try to be a better more appealing person as opposed to like that asshole like you yeah, can do so much that better moving
0: along they're
1: literally like let's fix michelle yeah. that's not gonna fly in 2022 <laughs> i also hate to see just
0: the juxtaposition of things that are coded as girly and thus like completely undesirable and shameful versus the things that are coded as masculine and therefore amazing and great, like the bloodiest red meat and NYX tickets. Um, Mm -hmm. Tampons,
1: on the other hand, shouldn't exist. Make them disappear. Tampons, yeah. Well, it's a general pro-blood policy. (laughs) If you're bleeding, just let it out. It makes sense. I think it adds up. Um, I think I also really hate to see the fact that all of this kind of, like, turns on... Ben's female colleagues, like, kind yes. of being the villains.
2: I hate it. Justice for the Judies. Oh my God. They deserve that account. The Judies
0: absolutely deserve that account. They prepared for this meeting, and Ben just like saunters up here, interrupts their lunch, and then steals the tagline from his writer girlfriend,
1: who he's scamming. No. Yeah. Boo. Justice for both Judies. Just white men exploiting <laughs> women's labor and failing upwards. It's the story of America, uh, of of human history, really, and especially of American history. Uh, like but I see, want
2: I want better. I'd like to see that boss get me too at some point. Like the guy oh, who yeah. was like, "You know what's a fair way to decide who gets this project? Ben, can you can you gaslight a woman into believing that you love her and her loving you back and ruin her life because that would really prove to me." <laughs> that you deserve this job opportunity. <laughs>
1: yeah, that man over,
2: has some creepy tendencies.
1: And again, then we're brought back to the idea that, like, there's nothing that these women can do to prove that they know womanhood better than a man who has had one, one woman fall in love with him. He is now an expert on womanhood yeah, he over is and the, above the actual expert, women. the expert,
0: arguably.
1: Yeah. The one and only. And they're just like, "What can we offer? We're just women ourselves. <laughs> we are not men who are in love with women. We just are women. so we obviously can't understand being a woman in the same important, deep way that Ben does it's it's a It's a real choice. <laughs> It's a choice. Also, Ben is definitely getting Me Too'd. Oh, yeah. Sure, I personally am going to HR just <laughs> after what I saw in the short time that he is on screen together with his co-workers. To uh, be clear,
2: this is a happily for now. This is not a happily ever after. I, like, oh, they, Andy I, and Ben, I don't know if they made it down the aisle, but if they did, they are surely They're divorced. divorced. I see it the best hope for
1: them still being married. And like them really embracing like a, like a don't ask, don't tell style, just like low commitment marriage. Mm -hmm. Like they're both doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Like, where's your wife? Oh, she's, she's on the Cape all summer. Like maybe I'll go out for 4th of July sort of thing. You know, they're living their own lives. (laughs) In some capacity. Uh, Better for Andy and better for for Michelle.
0: These are just the things that we want as women in 2022. And let's wrap up with giving this movie a rating. Out of 10 courtside Knicks tickets. Becca, Mm -hmm. what do you think?
2: Uh, This conversation has made me rethink a lot about this movie. Like pure (laughs) enjoyment value, eight.
1: Positivity
2: Mm. for Society, like, good <laughs> message. I'd give it a five. Like, it could certainly be worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it's not. We got to keep
1: the bar low because there's a lot of really bad stuff out there. Or, I guess, the bar high.
2: Yeah. What would you guys say?
1: I feel like if we're like combining
0: those two ratings, like, overall, I'm going to give this one like a, a six. Maybe yeah, I cause it, it is, is a really enjoyable rom-com, is. but it is really
1: misogynist also. But like again, it's like a lot of rom-coms are. You yeah, know? right.
0: And, like, and I love the form, so I have to accept <laughs> that I'm consuming
1: a lot of like kind of yeah. garbage messaging. Uh this is going to be controversial. I'm. I might give it a seven. Like that is how much I enjoy this movie, and how much worse I think it could be. Um, <laughs> it, could be of, <laughs> it could be summer catch. It could be summer catch. I just, you know, there's a reason I've watched it so many times, and uh, it's certainly not perfect, but still, still delightful in many ways. Becca, thank you so much for joining us thank for you for, for me. this. Oh, it was such a joy. Um, Can you tell our listeners where they can find you in your work?
2: Absolutely. So I co-host a podcast called Bad on Paper. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman.
0: And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks so much to our guest,
1: Becca Freeman. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tanika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, remember to follow
0: us wherever you get podcasts and give us a five star rating and a review. And of
1: course, spread the word about our show to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clarenemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. You
0: can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and Instagram at and Emma Pod, And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at
1: clarinemma.substack.com. Tickets for our upcoming live show on July 10th at 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern are at momenthouse.com slash love to see it. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. This is the end of this summer love and miniseries, but let us know if you liked it. We may bring this format back for bonuses or future miniseries in the future. And of course, we'll be back next week with our classic Bachelorette cast bios episode. We're so excited for the season to officially begin. Ditcher.
0: Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life.